What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus uh, hosted for and by queer women of color community. That's right. I am your uh, illustrious host, uh, Money, the booty short supremacist. Booty short supremacist. (laughs) You know. Yeah, you you had these shorts on the other day, and I was like, I forgot that we were friends. <laughs> that was ass like, was looking right. Now. I was like, oh my, <laughs> well, you had your skates on too, dancing. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some things might change during quarantine. <laughs> Keep those paws to yourself, Uncle Nucky. Oh, absolutely. And I am Nakita, the bicycle baddie. I'm gonna get. Back. Oh, okay. I've been getting back out on the bike. You know, we really have been rolling this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling with the homies. Not that you run. You told me the other day you didn't even know where that reference came from. I don't. But I know that it's a reference. Yeah, it's from Clueless. That's okay. Oh. Well, it's okay that I was clueless about Clueless. Oh, boy. All right. And on that note, (laughs) drop the (laughs) intro quick, fast, and in a hurry. And also check out Mother Nature's new album because it slaps. Slaps. Unlike the national anthem. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sister, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, I love you. you love. All right, Nikita. Um, aside from sweating together in each other's living rooms <laughs> to record this podcast, can you tell folks where they can find us? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, well, when we're not sweating in each other's apartments, you can find us in the digital sphere. You can find us on all the social meets. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter, where our handle is at QueerWalkPod. You can also find us on the Book of Faces, facebook.com slash QueerWalkPod. You can find us where this whole thing began, which is Tumblr, QueerWalk.com. Oh, and you can also find us in uh, Vanity Fair. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there was just, um, uh, there was an article about different queer uh, media, uh, queer POC media. So you can mm-hmm. find us in that. We'll post a link to that. And you can also find us in Extra Magazine, where they yes. also did a profile. Yes. So we are in. Four things to rev you up and calm you down. Vroom, vroom. And we do both. Yes, we do. <laughs> Oh, and where can folks listen, Nikita? I didn't think you would ever ask. I wasn't going to. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us. uh, You can listen to this program here on, uh, you can listen to us on Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, 
SoundCloud, and all of the other major platforms where you can listen to podcasts, except for Spotify. We literally say, except for Spotify. So, uh, we're not going to be on there anytime soon, no. uh, in the near future, the far future, or in uh, perpetuity. So, <laughs> we just really want to, like, sign ourselves to ourselves and be independent, independent. pods. Yeah. Um, and their terms of service just... We can't do it. We can't do it. Um, and s- speaking of being an independent pod, uh, if you hear a fan in the background, <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> it, you know, if you, I mean, if you wanted to hear the yip yappings of two melted puddles, you could have done that. But I mean, we already turned the AC off, and that was hard. That was really difficult. It was so hard to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, to the AC. Do you know that's that now? That's boys to men. I know that. Oh, because you didn't. From house party, duh. Well, you didn't know the if I ever fall in love. You thought that was. That was voice to men, too. No, stop doing this. This is humiliating. (laughs) You know that that meme with the butterfly? Is this this voice to men? That's you. That that really is you. What is wrong with you? you? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, God, you need help. All right. So. If you would like for us to be in an air-conditioned room that we can't hear the AC and fans going, you can contribute to Queer Walk. Nice. So you can do that one of two major ways. The first is monetarily, giving us your money. Let's move over my fingers. Please stop. That's money. Skrilla. So you can hit us with a non-committal one-time donation on the cash app, dollar sign Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Where them dollars at? Or if you would like to become a sustainer of this here program, you can head on over to become a patron at patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. We have some suggested donations over there, but you can give as much or as little as your pockets allow for in pandemic times. Those pandemic pockets. Sorry. I came. I shut my shit off because I take you know this what? seriously. No, you know what? You don't take this seriously, okay? I so, do. So just shut your face. I'm prepared. My phone is off. I'm ready. The second way you can contribute to Queer Walk. Is finding a new that, co-host. <laughs> that keeps us going and costs you nothing is by loving us out loud. Love us out loud. Yeah. That's you exactly mean it. Exactly what Extra Magazine and Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. New York Times. But who's keeping track? Love us uh, real hard. <laughs> real um, good. This is, even though, you know what? Even though this was like, you know, quarantine, no pride. Pride month is always our, like, best month it's of the year. It's our popping month. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's when most people find us. Yeah, so, that's so true. Shout out to all the new listeners yeah. and everybody who found us through those profiles. Because that's a way to contribute to the podcast. It is. Um, you can do the same thing. Reach the however amount of followers you have by posting about us on your stories. You can rate us, uh, leave us a review on iTunes, request a topic or a Queer Walk of the Week, repost the episodes, retweet when we're on the Twitter streets, reply, use the hashtag QueerWOC or hashtag QueerWOCPOD, Queer Walk Pod. I know some of y'all use that. To talk all things the podcast. You can also send us an email at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com if you would like to have us in some of your cyber happenings uh, this year. Oh my God, it would be so cute if somebody sent like a voice message. 
That would. We could put it on a podcast. Oh, that would be so cute. Yeah. But, you know, again, if you want to do something more personal, something a little bit more private. If you if you want to get up in Nikita's inbox. That's not. Because she'd be the one who checks the email mostly. Anyway. That is not what I was. I'm saying that if you want to send something, if you have a question, you have a Curved Chronicle, a topic, you oh, can send right. that. Oh, that's right. Curved Chronicle. Ooh. We're going to move it on along to the... Queer walk, queer walk, queer walk of, of the, the week. week. Yes, we that bitch. Okay. <laughs> it was so hard doing that over the screen. It, it was so hard. Oh, just so everybody knows, we both been. I, I was about. I was just about to say the same thing. I was just about to say the same we, thing. We've both been tested for uh, novel coronavirus yes. uh, nineteen, and we both tested negative. Yeah, we've taken all precautions. Like, we really don't distant. go out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, because um, people yeah. like them bitches just gave up. They just quit. No, nope. <laughs> no, nope, we not, still not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Black people can get COVID nineteen. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my god. We're actually disproportionately, disproportionately impacted. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, we have not given up. But we're in each other's uh, bubble. Bubble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bunchanique was about the only person that was in my bubble to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I didn't have more than four people in my bubble, so I was somewhat prepared. All right. So, Queer Walk of the Week this week is rock climber Abby Dion. Um, and some of y'all have probably seen her story going around because literally every publication shared it. Um, and this is, I really love this time. I saw this tweet the other day that said, at Shaq Wills, S-H-A-K-W-I-L-L-S, on Twitter, um, tweeted, community is the answer to so many prayers. And that's what I've been, like, seeing during this time is, like, people have really been pulling together, and it's amazing. So, if y'all have seen Abby's story around, it's because community. Community. So... Um, for folks who don't know, Abby Dion is the first black woman to own a rock climbing gym in the United States. Oh my God, the first. The first, yeah. Um, she, it's in Broward County, Florida, um, and she purchased a Coral Cliffs rock climbing gym in 2011 from its previous owners. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, her gym is at risk of um, closing uh, because of lease and like making the payments. Yeah. Um, and so... We as a community are rallying around Abby so that she can continue to be the only uh, black woman on rock climbing gym and supporting her. So I have links in um, the description to this episode to the GoFundMe to help save Coral Cliffs rock climbing gym. Um, and I'm getting all this stuff about Abby from um, Melanin Base Camp. Uh, so shout out to them. They did a really like thorough profile of Abby. So shout out to Melanin Base Camp. All right, so Abby's been climbing for over 12 years. Uh, she said in the interview, I've been climbing long enough to remember when people would ask me if I was lost. So, Because <laughs> so, it's become a lot more popular in recent years. Like, we see rock climbing gyms popping up all over the country. I mean, we even have one here in little old Syracuse. That's true. Um, and a lot more people are getting into it, right? So she's she's been climbing for a while. And still takes lessons herself. And I love that, being like a lifelong learner. Uh, when she purchased the gym, she aimed to change the face of climbing. Because when you think about rock climbing, what do you picture? White boys. White boys. Yeah. Maybe some white girls. Patagonia. Yeah. 
all that shit. You know, that's what you picture. Um, so she wanted to change that that vision, you mm-hmm. know. And what a what a baddie to do so. So she started offering youth classes to black kids and queer kids in Broward County on her youth Coral Cliffs climbing team. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so she offers indoor and outdoor climbing experiences, um, and she is teaching young folks how to share in a challenging experience and build community while instilling um, the ethics and spirits behind wow. climbing. Yeah. So she uh, she says, "I want people to experience how powerful they can be." And, Absolutely. You know, so she's just really doing this from a black woman's space, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like creating a community through climbing. And I just love that idea of like uh, putting people in a challenging experience and, and teaching them like the tools they need to overcome. To get through it. it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, so again, you can donate to the GoFundMe to help save Coral Cliffs. Um, but when I checked this, this is so funny. I checked it like two days ago. It wasn't at the goal. And I, I just pulled it up to put the link here, and it hit the goal. But as we know, GoFundMe makes so much money off of people's struggles. So, like, just because it's hit the goal doesn't mean that we don't need to continue to support the GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. And who knows um, how long. You know, it'll yeah. be closed. So exactly. every it helps. I, I just heard um, Harvard was canceling classes for next year. Yeah, so it's exactly. like, we we just projecting till, like, October. But who knows? Exactly. So, um, I, I looked on their website to see if they had merch because, you know, that's another way to support uh-huh. um, black women businesses. But I, I didn't see any merch, even okay. though I would love a cute little coral cliff shirt. Yeah, even though same. I, I don't climb nothing but the stairs to my apartment. But <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> hit the GoFundMe. Remember, c- contributions is not about how big they are. Every little co- um, contribution adds up. Um, and I also have a link to the Melanin Base Camp uh profile of Abby. So shout out to Abby for black queering uh climbing. Climbing, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Nikita, we're going to move it on along to community contributors. What in the fuck was that? I don't know. I, I, you, t- you, said, you said you didn't like You're trying. That, that wasn't it, but I appreciate the uh, fact that you tried. Anyway. All right. So maybe you should take a break from <laughs> what? whatever nonsense you just did. Fuck you, Nikita. Oh, you don't mean that. I love you too. So uh, a new Cash App donation. Shout out to Raven. Thank you, Raven. Oh, Raven. Coming through with a healthy donation. <laughs> and also, thank you so much to Bernadette. Yes, Bernadette. Back in action. All right. And last but certainly not least, thank you to M. Martinez for coming through. Yes. Do we have any new patrons? The new patrons are Brazil. So thank you to Brazil. The, the whole country. The, <laughs> I'm assuming this is just the person. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, I highly doubt say, the state of Brazil, given how they've got that fascist I was uh, about leader, to say, Bolsonaro. Because fuck Bolsonaro. <laughs> but I think that this is just from the person. <laughs> uh, I was listening to bag ladies, and they call Bolsonaro a uh, tropical dump, because they call Trump dump. So they call tropical him dump. tropical dump. That's accurate. <laughs> that is so right. That is so right. <laughs> 
Oh, and last but not least, thank you. I almost missed you, Eleanor. Thank you for becoming a new patron. Oh, yay. So, yeah, shout out to the patrons. Thank you all. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't have anything, you know, new to say. It's just like I'm always blown away when people give us their money to help exactly. this show especially, continue. Especially in such difficult times. Right. It really needs yeah. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love y'all, man. Really? I'm okay. Are you? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Are we going to do one of those? Um, pub- which, which one of us is the mental health expert here? Um, does You know what? You don't have to have a credential to be a supporting, loving, and caring friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. 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 Um, the borders are fake. I learned out. that from you. <laughs> okay. The You're mental right. health professional. You're right. It's you, true. Don't you say a lot of things about community? I do. Okay. Well, remember how you treat me then, okay, bitch? <laughs> Nikita, I treat you the way you deserve to be treated. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just leave that in. Do not edit that out. Leave that in so people can hear you. <laughs> how I deserve to be treated? Yes. Before you cast your aspersions on me. Okay, okay? here she go. Here she go. Oh, my God. Casting aspersions. Oh, my God. Okay, Dr. Miriam Webster. Okay. Okay. The board is a fake you shout get out. One little PhD. One little PhD. <laughs> what the hell are the borders of fake before you get on my nerves? The borders of fake shout outs are uh, the shout outs where we highlight those places that are outside major metropolitan cities that show up in our SoundCloud analytics. Uh, because, you know. A lot of conversations around queerness are metronormative. That's right. And so we like to just shout out the places that aren't the big cities. Or if it is a big city, it's one that we haven't... Haven't seen. Yeah, haven't seen our, in, our, yeah. Um, in our top list. No, because we reach in new places. Seeing new faces. Not in person because of Corona. Uh, Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. uh, the borders are... You fake. got me there. <laughs> <laughs> the borders are fake... Shout out this episode. I don't know. Nikita got the giggles today. I do. Are Lawrenceville, Georgia. Mm. We've never seen Las Vegas in yeah. our top. So yeah, shout out to Vegas. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yes. Hey, Vegas. Uh, Seneca, South Carolina. Is that South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina. Okay. I saw you hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we all know who failed history. Okay. Uh, or geography. I actually failed both. But um doesn't matter. Uh, it, it wasn't wasn't my ministry, clearly. Uh, Perth, Australia. Come through, Australia. Wait a minute. This is Australia like the, the continent? Yes, Martinique. Uh, no, the city right down the street from us. <laughs> What's wrong with you today? I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to talk? I I didn't. I just didn't think that somebody in Australia would be listening to my black ass. I mean, I guess. I mean, they would be listening like twenty hours ahead. You know how you are about time. Oh, so, so it's Wednesday in Australia. It's something like that. Is well, or it's okay. like it's, I think it's like twenty hours ahead. It's like a full day ahead. Yeah, I imagine it's ahead and not behind. Okay. Uh, and climax. North Carolina is last but not least mm. because obviously they're going nowhere fast. They've reached the climax. 
What is, yeah, what's going on? Okay, let's stop. Alright, what, can somebody please tell me? Oh my God, (laughs) people have to listen to this. This is an audio program. (laughs) Don't want to give it so This is so, you, once Martinique starts going, you can't get her to stop. Can't take it back. It's too late. We've reached the climax. climax. Okay. Right. If Climax North Carolina don't have that as their life. I highly that, doubt. I highly <laughs> doubt that that's the city anthem. They need to have a city anthem. I in highly it. doubt. May, maybe you could start a petition. <laughs> and maybe the people in Climax. That's Usher, isn't it? Usher. Maybe you can. Usher co- should perform maybe annually. Maybe you should coordinate with the, the Climaxians to get that. <laughs> They probably are called Climaxians. Yeah. Or Climaxers. <laughs> okay. Montenegro, I think we have to move on. Okay. Shout out to Climax. No. Climax. Please. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's uh, we have new reviews, Nikita. Oh, yes. I almost forgot. I know. You're the one with the Apple products. Okay. Sitting here with your Mac and your iPhone and your i. Head you or whatever. <laughs> you sound like somebody's mama. What your old, what your old Mac head? Like, what are you even talking about right now? Ah, I, I see you ain't got the money for all them eye products. Just what, you, what is wrong with you? Your Apple house. <laughs> I don't live in an Apple house because that would be ridiculous. What? Something is truly. Uh, you're not. A, you're. You're. You've been in quarantine too long. I've been in quarantine too long. That's what it is. And you're the only human that I actually see. Yeah, and that's so. and that's probably rough because I'm not a really normal person. You're not. So I feel like you're, I'm probably making you weirder. I'm just glad you know. So what are the reviews? Monty, do you know that I can hear you when you say this kind of stuff? I'm right here. All right. So the first one is from Mad Vivacious. Oh, hey, Mad Vivacious. Hey, homie. We, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mad Vivacious says, this show is everything. After each episode, I feel better equipped to take care of myself, mental moment with Dr. Money, politically smarter, the word, and exposed to many incredible queer walk during doing the work, queer walk of the week. It's such a joy to listen to Money and Nikita as they hash out all the things. I love being in the presence of their audio syllabus and badass revolutionary friendship. Aw, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> That's so sweet. We love you. I love you so much, Mad Vivacious. We gonna hang out soon. Socially distant, of course. The next review comes from Melo Maya. And Melo oh Maya God. says, consistently mind-blowing. I don't know why I waited so long to listen to this after seeing it advertised. These two are phenomenal. We don't know why you waited so long either, Mello. But what matters is that you're here. Yeah, now. <laughs> Even though you're late. But I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I just, I love the alliteration in the reviews as well. So. Oh, yeah. Mellow Maya Mad Vivacious. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, shout out to y'all. Thank you. And you and could be just like them just if you decided to leave a review. So. We know that you're sitting in the house, most of you. You're bored out of your mind. So just take that three minutes. You reusing disposable masks, Nikita? You're going to get the vid. (laughs) The vid. You're going to get the vid. What is the vid? The vid. You're going to get the vid, Nikita. (laughs) I don't know what 
the vid is. The vid. The, 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 the COVID. Not the vid. Cancel the fucking show. Cancel get, the fucking show. You cannot reuse disposable mask. Go get the vid. Okay. <laughs> Why do you act like this? The fucking vid. Shut up. <laughs> All righty. So, Martinique, are you ready to move it on along to the mental moment with money? I don't have a jingle this week. Of course you don't. Because I, I actually, I forgot. I've been very, but I've been very busy with organizing. Mm, I, what? I, the, the one person does not a revolution make. You could have taken uh, 10 minutes to do a damn jingle. That's what you, th- you think it takes 10 minutes. You wish it took You do it on break at work. No, it takes me a long... Anyway, this is neither here nor there. Anyway, the mental moment with money is the segment where Dr. Money regales us with some kind of tidbit, some kind of history, or some kind of, usually an acronym, related to mental health. So she's going to help us um, discover or to... Undo, undo some some kind of something related to helping us be a little bit more whole mentally, mentally. Because it's the mental moment with money. Nobody thought it was the physical moment. I mean, I'm just saying, like when you okay, oh, I just don't. You've done an episode about the differences. I get it. Okay, I'm not practicing beyond my scope of practice. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> You're such a. You were this is how I know you were studying for your test because you were just doing the ethics stuff. All right, y'all. So, yes, you know, I do love a good acronym, and today is no different. Bi-weekly on Thursdays, money's got you covered for the moment. You take Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, oh, scissor. Then just send him my The most accomplished yodeler of our generation. Please do the the moment. Okay. What is wrong no, with you? I'm just saying. Uh, she put yodeling on the map. We need to give her props. Uh, so today, I am going to do an acronym for triggers. Of course you are. I can't believe I'm doing triggers again. But I just think, I just can't help but do triggers because it's so much a part of like the social terminology that people use these days. And so I really want to address it. Because if, if, like, if... People are talking about it, then I want to be like, all right, let's do something about this. So my acronym today is a Dr. Money original, and it's the STRAW method for healing triggers. Okay. What's the STRAW method? S-T-R-A-W. It's an acronym. Okay. So before we get into the STRAW method, um, I just want to review again uh, that triggers, being triggered is not the same as experiencing negative emotional responses. I will say that again. Being triggered is not the same as experiencing negative emotional responses. Um, I did. Th- I do this workshop sometimes at conferences called um, You're Not Tripping, You're Triggered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this, this is all what this workshop is about. Like identifying negative emotional responses And that's like we can deal with it's within our like capabilities to manage and triggers, which is like beyond our ability to manage um, personally, like by ourselves. And so like I I wrote out these examples just in case, 
Because I think when people hear me say you're not triggered right now, they hear me saying that what they're feeling is not real. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we have to take a different course of action if you're triggered Mm. and experiencing um, this thing or this situation as a, as a, um, a recall of your trauma like yeah. that, that I have to deal with differently than if you're experiencing negative emotional responses. Um, because then, you know, you say you trigger it when you're really experiencing a negative emotional response and I, I do the trigger intervention and it doesn't work. And then you say, Oh, you're a shit therapist. It's yeah. like, no, you weren't actually triggered. Right. So I did some shit that wasn't helpful in yeah. the moment. Um, so a negative emotional response, this makes me feel emotions I don't want to feel. Trigger, this makes me feel overwhelming emotions I don't have the capacity to handle. Mm. See the difference? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Negative emotional response, I feel bad, but I can think of something that will make me feel better. Trigger, I feel bad and I've lost all sense of what I need. See the difference? Mm-hmm. Negative emotional response. I feel bad and I know what caused it. Trigger. I don't know what I feel and I'm so thrown off. I don't know what caused it. Wow. Do you see how like you deal with those things differently? Yeah. I'm not saying that a negative emotional response is not a thing. Right. It is. And so many people are processing negative emotional responses in therapy. Yeah. Necessary. Um, But you just deal with it. It's, It's like it's handled differently. That's why. You know, cognitive behavioral therapy, like, that's just, like, a regular course of treatment to deal with negative emotional responses. But trauma-focused or trauma-informed cognitive behavioral therapy is a whole nother intervention type, right? So we have to be really specific when we're using language. um, Because if it's trauma, we want to treat it like trauma. We don't want to treat it like the regular right. uncomfortable things that happen that are very real. Like you can feel some shit that really hurts, but it's not necessarily a trigger. And I feel like, so let me ask you this. You can have a negative emotional response that like, that's like intense. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that's a thing where it's like, cause like, I feel like there's, there are moments where I have like, I'm having like a really like in strong reaction. Yeah. To something, but it's it's certainly not a trigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that's it's not just the fact that it's negative, but I think that a lot of times people are ex- experiencing very strong. It's like reaction. Big. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people talk about like emotional triggers as all triggers, right? So um, triggers are like psychosomatic. They're not just about your emotions. And so what like, does that mean to say it's psychosomatic? That like your whole body is involved, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, um, an emotional trigger that's making me feel something really big, really overwhelming. Like, say I'm, I'm like, in this conversation with somebody and they done said something that pissed me off and I'm just, like, crying hysterically and still talking. It's like, yes, I'm experiencing mm-hmm. a negative that's, emotional that's response. That's a really good example. But um, am I still... Um, oriented to time and place like do i realize that i'm sitting in this living room screaming at this bitch yes i do realize that are you gonna Um, is that a foreshadowing (laughs) i'm not gonna scream at nikita y'all okay but i'm trying to i'm trying to explain like how you can tell like if this is a trigger okay and a, a key thing about triggers is that they're connected 
to previous traumatic experiences. Mm. So it's like, I'm, I'm going to get there in the straw me- okay. method. Okay. But if you're having like this like intense emotional response and you can't be like, up, oh, I remember this time that somebody denied this emotion when I was like seven and I've been sort of shutting it down ever since. Yeah. You know, that, that, that seems like like an emotional injury that you experienced early as like emotional trauma right. which is right. like i'm just like that's different than i'm just that's, like mad as fuck exactly. or like really distraught in this moment right. okay right. that is really helpful yeah. for me okay and and when i say it's like your whole body is involved like sometimes when people are triggered i talk about flight fight or freeze all the time like you just freeze over your your body goes cold or you have the like the other extreme of like getting super hot you're sweating all of a sudden you don't even know why you're so hot some people shake um some people literally collapse and like shut down um so there's a pass out i've seen people pass out you know it's like all there's all these ways that your body gets involved whereas like usually when we experience negative emotions we just feel it it's like like, yeah, sometimes when you're angry, your chest gets tight, but that's different than feeling like you can't breathe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So just think about a trigger as, like, the max. Like, you you have literally lost the ability to deal with this feeling on your own. Okay. Like, okay. somebody has to intervene. Got it, got it, got it. Um, So I came up with an acronym because I, I've been, like, just, you know, on instagram and twitter just like everybody else these days because there's no other place to socialize and i just see a lot of people um like labeling things as triggers and i think the that's step one but the way the the goal of identifying a trigger is not to live in a world where you've eliminated everything that triggers you Mm -hmm. that's so confining like why would you yeah why would you want to live in a world especially us queer folks of color who tend to have um, compound or complex trauma. Like, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we experience systemic trauma. Yeah, we experience yeah, yeah. vicarious trauma, yeah. which is, like, if, if you can't tell from the wording of it, it's, like, somebody like me experienced this thing so... And, and it it touches so viscerally that now I feel like yeah. I have that trauma. Okay, like, okay. that's real as well. You know, like, we experience all this shit as queer folks of color, and so... So it, it would literally be impossible for us to live in a world free of all of our triggers yeah. from the trauma. Just just identity-based, not even getting into, like, the interpersonal yep, or the, yep, yep, you know, yep. other shit that's considered trauma. The things that are specific to your life. Right, right. Like, your lived history and experience. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the goal of identifying a trigger is to lessen the severity of the uh, reaction mm. to it. So that you can be okay. So that you can heal. Yeah. Um, triggers are not something you have to like deal with lifelong. Mm-hmm. Um, they're thankfully one of the things about anxiety and trauma that we can actually like fix. They're okay. fix- fixable. So my acronym for healing triggers. Straw. The S is for see what they are. Right? That's step one. Um, I did this oh, like a two years ago on episode twenty two. Um, my uh, we were live. That was the first episode yeah. we did together. It was yeah. Um, so I encourage you all to go back, listen to episode twenty two, find out how Nikita became the co-host. Um, but also on that episode in the mental moment, 
I listed out like how you can identify a trigger. So that's the first place to start. I am always a fan of whipping out a pen and paper and <laughs> journaling, like writing down um, the things that elicit overwhelming emotional responses for you. Because one of the things, I mean, you're the, obviously you're the, the professional, but one of the things I feel like I've read and I've learned about triggers is that like, a, like it's often the case that like a thing that you would think that would trigger like it's it's actually right. very it's like not like so like if for instance like I guess like one of the immediate examples that I can think of is like if somebody has experienced like sexual violence it's not even mm-hmm. like watching that or seeing that on TV right, that'll right. trigger them it's like something that was like related to like the perpetrator or like that yes. day so it's not even necessarily so I think your point yeah. about seeing um what it is is like mm-hmm. that's important because it is it's not always the obvious thing that exactly. you think that would treat exactly correct because it, it it um what trauma does is it cognitively distorts things so it's like the the immediate way that you would think um something would hurt you isn't it because it your your brain and everything else in your body has been working overtime to to make to keep you going basically yeah. so it's like okay this this can't be it um and it's it's like a process of shock too that's why your body gets involved um so mm. you just start it just becomes generalized or displaced right so that's totally right um an example i thought of was um something that recalls that memory that of that experience yeah, yeah, right yeah um, yeah, and that's going to be different for, like, everybody. Sure, sure. Like, I had a client who had a really, really terrible car accident. Um, and so everybody thought, oh, driving big trucks are going to be, like, the triggers for her. But it was actually, like, rubber and, like, the smell that of, like, makes, Yeah, that makes so it's like, sense. Right? Yeah. So she's like, no, I'm good. I can drive anywhere. But if I smell, like, like burning, burning rubber or rubber. something, it's yeah. a wrap. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so see what they are, right? Don't don't like blanket something and just say, Oh, this is triggering for me. Like that whole subject. Cause that doesn't help us heal it. Like what, what is it about that thing that is triggering? Right, See right. what they are. Be specific. The more specific you are, the more manageable it feels and the better we can heal it. Boom, boom. T. Cause I'm still with my acronym. It's track the or- origin. Um, Another thing about triggers that are different from negative emotional responses is that they collapse space and time. Um, Oftentimes when you're triggered, you don't, you like have no sense of like where and what is happening. Mm. Um, I guess like for full transparency, self-disclosure, I had a panic attack in March. Mm. Um, And I, I, I like really, I was having, it felt like, like those light stream, like that light stream filter on Instagram, like 2015, 2020, 2015, 2020. Oh, like wow. I, I just, I was very, very, I was like, okay, this is a panic attack. And then I just like, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so it's like, I, I knew I was triggered because I was actually losing. So, uh, so SU has built this like ridiculous, ridiculously expensive veteran center. And I wasn't even seeing it. Like I was still seeing the Gebby clinic, right. Which hasn't been there since 2015. And what does that, what does that space mean for you? It, it was a a hellacious landscape, like a traumatic, traumatic 
first year and a half at SU. Okay. okay. Um, just the most acute um, and heinous racism and homophobia that I could have experienced in okay. my life. Right. I experienced there. And so it was just like a slippage of reality. I don't know how other way, uh, another way to put it. So that like, building is no longer there. That building is not, it wow. hasn't been, it was knocked down. It was knocked down like the year after mm-hmm. that. Um, then it sat there as like a dusty lot before they started building a better, it, it, the Gabby, the Gabby clinic hasn't been there for years. Wow. So um, that, that was when like, I started cluing myself into like this is gonna be bad. <laughs> this is gonna be really bad. Uh, so um, yeah, so track the origin, right? Um, where did this originate? Like, where did can you um, specifically? Again, the specifics are really helpful. What's the first time you experienced this as um, a trauma? Um, can you think of the earliest moment that you? experience the trauma related to that thing, right? We talked about this off air and you said something that really struck me because you said that you were, what did you say to me? You were like, cause you were just like, I'm like on campus and like being on campus triggers me. Mm-hmm. And then you like, then you said you thought about it and you're like, actually, mm-hmm. no, it was this, yeah. you like took time to think about it and then you realize that it was this, specific yeah. thing in that in that place. I, I thought that that was really powerful about yeah. your point about the trying to really think about the specific thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want to be clear, it took me four years to realize, to realize that. that. Yeah. Like, I, I talked to my advisor of my dissertation about this a lot because I would just, like, avoid coming on campus and I thought, oh, Syracuse University is a trigger. But it's actually not. It's like that specific space, intersection, corner. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. that that point like i'm good in sims hall with you know yeah. women and gender studies and like uh-huh. kicking, you know it's like yeah. i'm that it, it felt healing i guess like something different to like make it as specific and concrete as like yeah. this this little intersection yeah it's like just that yeah. like not this whole sprawling ass yeah. campus yeah. yeah um yeah so r of straw reprogram and undo Whichever one feels better. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about if-then thinking. Because what mm. happens with with triggers is like, uh, we think that thing is going to happen again. Because yeah. it's just thrown off our sense of like safety, yeah. right? So Or groundedness. So if, if I'm seeing this intersection, then... I was about to call her name out. Then my old advisor is going to show up and tell me I need to like do this and do, you know, it's like, if then, um, and the, the consequence, the then is always worst case traumatic devastation. Right. Cause that's, that's, that's the part of us that's functioning is the survival part. We're not thinking about, well, if, if this happens, then maybe, you know, like I'm a better person now. And I know that's not the part of you that's functioning when you're triggered. So, um, so the goal is to reprogram those if-then outcomes. Tell yourself truths about this negative thought. Like, if this happens, I could punch that bitch in the face because I graduated with my degree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you don't have, that's my trauma. You know? <laughs> I would say, whoa, you just really I, just came right out the gate. I, I know my strengths and throwing, <laughs> throwing hands is one of them. And so it's like, I told Nikita the other day, I was like, I'm not a runner, so I had to be a fighter. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, it's like tell yourself the truths, the the known things about these outcomes, right? So like I know that I am surrounded by a community that loves and cares about me. So if if like this trauma has sent me into a tailspin of like I'm always going to be alone, this is never going to be healed, nobody's going to care and love me. I have to tell myself those truths. It's like, I have a best friend that calls me three times a day and eight times on Sundays. <laughs> and if, if I, if something was to actually devastating happen to me, there would be people who would yeah. notice and show up. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. So to like your example of the, like the building. Mm-hmm. So what do you do about that? Like, do you just like avoid that corner? Um, I think it depends on what stages you're at in like dealing with it. Okay. So, um, like, yeah, for, I mean, for a whole damn year, I didn't even go on campus. Like I was, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I, I was not at all. Um, now, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I actually haven't been back up there since like this iteration of therapy for me (laughs) post panic attack. But, um, I don't know. It's like I can, this is about getting specific, right? Like, it's like I can drive by there and I'm fine. Now, was that the case before? I don't think so. Okay. No. So there is, so there is. There's there's like progression, definitely. Yeah. 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 I think it's right, like right now. I mean, actually, I don't know right now because I haven't been back over there, but. In March, it was something about standing there. Of course. On the corner. Just, like, standing there. And, like, watching the light turn over and over again. And still being feeling stuck. Stuck, yeah. Um, and I was by myself, which is not mm, smart. Which is, yeah. um, <laughs> which is my next uh, letter in the acronym. A is for act as if. Right. And you need to do this with support. <laughs> I did not do this with support. I was okay. standing out there all by myself. Um, like I had planned to meet up with other people for the picket line, but nobody was coming out. They were running late. You know how picket lines go. It's yeah. like it's like there's a lot of stuff. You we, we trying to do political education before to get folks to know yeah, why we're picketing. Yeah, yeah. And I was just standing out there holding it down by myself. And I just mm. totally totally was not prepared to do that okay um and so so act as if is just how it sounds right i i think that this needs to be scaled like you start with a small Mm. trigger right so like you don't start i should not have started with that corner and standing there by myself yeah that's not that's not trauma sensitive. It's like throwing you into the deep end of the right, pool, right, right. right? With no flotation device. And that doesn't work. It doesn't Contrary work. Contrary to this silly it's stuff this, around tough love. We just gotta. I know it sounds like we're recording in a wind tunnel, but it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> so the window is open. The fan is on. But um, yeah, like this, I I I genuinely do not believe in exposure therapy. Yeah. Like, I, know, I don't know if you remember these episodes of Maury from back in the day. Oh, my God. Where they, yeah. somebody is like, oh, I have a phobia of this thing. And then they would throw it on yeah. the person. Yeah. And then 20 minutes later, the person is yeah. like, oh, I feel great. And it's like, it's like why the scared straight stuff right. doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. It What we see, actually, with exposure therapy is a extreme short-term decrease in the whatever. 
and then a, a regression to whatever it wow. was. So, and I mean, and we see that with Beyond Scared Straight. Yeah. We see it with the Maury episode. So not only does it not help in the long term, it's actually harmful. It's actually yeah, okay, yeah. Um, well, I, well, I won't say harmful, but like you just stay, stay. You go back to where you were, okay. right? So. Okay. Um, it's like a return to the baseline that you didn't want okay, to be the okay. baseline. Um, I, okay, so I don't know if act as if if I said that clearly, but act as if is if this wasn't a trigger, I would blank. If this wasn't a trigger, I would be able to stand here and wait for my friends on the corner. Um, if this wasn't a trigger, I would be able to go down that aisle in Walmart. If this wasn't a trigger, I would be able to talk on the phone. You know, like, whatever whatever uh-huh. it is. Like, think about the... This is rethinking that, like, if then, right? Like, if this wasn't bothering me, solution-focused therapy. If this wasn't... If I could wake up tomorrow and not have this as a trigger, how would my day be different? Okay. And is the suggestion that you try to go forward with you that? You try to do with- it. With, with support, support. Though, that's the critical part. With support and scaled, so like do it slowly. Yeah, like okay. start start with a small thing. So like, um, not a trigger that sends you into a, a full yeah. blown yeah. panic attack, but um, like maybe a trigger that just just really overwhelms you in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh my gosh, I can't like stand this feeling. I need help. Somebody bring me a glass of water. (laughs) Like start, start with those smaller um, things that bother you that don't elicit like these huge uh, things. And last but not least, W work with a therapist or I I added in here a coach too, like a a, um, life coach or something like that. Because the reason why I added that, usually I wouldn't because I'm very protective of my shit and my craft. And I think that <laughs> those of us who, like, actually put the effort into, like, um, doing this shit, like, we should, we should be doing these things. Yeah. Like, these are the people that you should turn to for it. But the reason why I put this in is because, like, I know that there's a lot of, like, um, like non-licensed, <laughs> you know, practices that help us heal from triggers, like... Um, the first one I think of is like, uh, the spiritual and root workers in our communities. Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, I thought of our homie, Astaire, who is like, not, not a therapist, but, um, she's a doula and she has helped me a lot with like herbs and shit that helped me with all my like body stuff. So I'm like, okay, there are people who do these practices, who do aligned practices Mm -hmm. that could also be supports in healing. So other um, practitioners. Right, right, right. So not necessarily a therapist. Like basically I say that you just need somebody who's sensitive to trauma processes, who knows like how trauma moves in the body. And that can also help ground you if you start to experience something Uh, so that you don't get re-traumatized, which is a real thing. Um, basically re-traumatization is like you had, like your knee was scraped and it's like, you know, scabbing up kind of healing. And then you go out and bust your tail again yeah. and it scrapes yeah, it all yeah, over yeah, again. Yeah. Right. So, so you don't want that to happen with triggers cause that like more deeply ingrains them okay. and it tends to like more generalize them too. It's like, Oh, before it was just like that green shirt, but now it's like all green, the color green, yeah, you know, so it's it, like you it. don't want to re-traumatize yourself. So you have to work with somebody who knows about 
trauma and who can also ground you if you start to experience some shit, right? So I hope this helped. (laughs) I hope this cleared up that not everything has to be a trigger in order for it to be dealt with. Like negative emotional responses are very real. All the all the um, day-to-day shit we feel is very real. Those are valid enough reasons to talk to somebody or to get help. Those by themselves. But if you are dealing with triggers, use Dr. Money's straw method to heal them. That's see what they are, track the origin, reprogram and undo, act as if with support, <laughs> and work with a therapist or an allied helping professional this was great this was really good i hope so yeah i really appreciated this because i mean it's something that i think you and i talk about a lot off there mm-hmm. and i feel like i always have like a lot of questions mm-hmm. about it and so this was this is extremely helpful so thank you for uh mm-hmm. coming through with another money acronym you're welcome um and th- this information will be in the description to this episode as well feel free to cite me widely <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dr. Money, we get it. We get it. Ding, 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 ding. And now, our leftist lesbian luminary labor lecture from Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. In this segment of Queer Walk, Nikita gives us some organizing insight some social justice jargon that we need to understand as queer folks of color, or puts us on to some leftist happenings. Take it away, Nikita. What is wrong with you? That was good. That was good. good. All right, all right. I can't even shade that. That was good. Um, I want to talk about um, defunding the police. Yeah! (laughs) Um, Take that! I'm not any kind of um, expert, and it's like we've been trying to, not trying, we've been doing organizing work Mm -hmm. around this here lately, so it's something that I wanted to read about, and I've been trying to, like, learn more about, so, like, one of the, one of the ways that I approach the word is, like, it's like me wanting to delve into something that I'm still learning about, Mm -hmm. too, so, with that spirit, that, that's the spirit in which I'm gonna do this, I'm not any kind of, like, expert, there's a lot of people. I see you put defund 12 in the show notes. I did. You know who 12 is now. Okay. You just continue outing me. Go ahead. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I was, I, this is so humiliating. Because everybody was like, fuck 12. And I was like, what's 12? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I didn't know that. It was like, what does everybody have against noon? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you all must be some early risers. <laughs> um... Anyway, so as our and I'm just gonna kind of use um, our city Syracuse as like a little like case study. As so, it should be. As it should be. <laughs> so I think a lot of times when we hear defund the police, we immediately think of getting rid of the money, and that's a key mm-hmm. part. Um, but it's not just about getting rid of the money. And th- there's this wonderful toolkit. Um, from it's called interrupting criminalization, and of course I saw this from none other than Miriam Kava on Twitter, the patron saint of organizing. Of course, um, 
so this is a document that I've been referencing. And again, so it's not just about reallocating funds, like shrinking the, um, dramatically reducing the budget of police to eventually get to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also um, important to talk about this as like defunding is one of the strategies on the road to um, abolition. I, there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot to talk about with abolition, but I'm not going to talk about that here. That's for another episode. But yeah. it's like, it's not like over the next 30 years we're going to cut away at 5% of the budget. It's like dramatically reducing yeah. to get to zero. But like I said, it's not just about getting rid of the money, but I love how they phrase it. It's like, also, it's a dramatic reduction in the scope of the police, mm-hmm. the size of the police, and the power of the police. So, uh, when you start talking about scope, um, it's like, think there's a lot of things that police do, quite frankly, that they just shouldn't be doing, yeah, yeah. right? Like, one of the demands that we're, we're working with this group of really great, uh, like, two groups of uh young people here in the city and like one of their big demands is getting the police out of schools like Mm -hmm. that's that is vastly limiting the scope because it's like why do we have police in our schools right then you think about we have there's like a really uh, big issue with uh, folks being unsheltered in Syracuse Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. we know that um, like all the stuff around like you know quote unquote loitering and all that stuff it's like People don't people don't need jail mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who are unhoused, right? right? That's just they need housing and other sorts of support services. Right. That's not the, the police. It's not about because one of the I think one of the things that's so beautiful about this moment is that when you think about maybe like 2012 or 2014, I think like the the tone and the tenor and the terms of the conversation are dramatically different because mm-hmm. it used to be about body cams. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to that in a minute and like training yeah so a lot of people are like oh well the, the police need more training to better deal with these groups mm-hmm. it's like no they just fundamentally don't need to be doing shit yeah yeah you know what i mean and and again like you know especially when like trump was first elected and i mean honestly like prior to that we see like the co- collaboration between um police and like ice and it's like oh, they don't yeah. they don't need to be doing immig- immigrants Right. They don't need to be detaining yeah, yeah, yeah. or coming after immigrants. Right, right. It's like yeah. it's not about training police to be sensitive to the issues of immigrants. Yeah. It's like no, they just don't need to be fucking yeah. doing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna lay the stuff out, and then I'm gonna get into some specifics. Um, the power of police. Um, like one of the things that needs to happen um, that they lay out is like police department budget should be transparent. Um, so it's like, it shouldn't be a secret yeah. how the police allocate yeah. um, their money. and But most importantly, this is a really good opportunity. Like, in the call for defunding the police, it's a really good opportunity for something called participatory budgeting. And so it's like, it's not about asking... Do we just got to turn that off? Because it, it does sound it's, like we're in a way It sounds a little bit yeah. loud now. Oh, so this is a really good opportunity for us to start talking about something called participatory budgeting. So the thing around participatory budgeting is basically it means that people in a community um, can decide on like how to invest funds mm. from the city budget. All right. So it's like okay. I'm not gonna say hey, it's not just to say hey, you got to get rid of the the funds from the police office. Right. And you know, mayor or whoever 
elected official, we hope you invest in the right thing. It's like, no, we need to, we need mm-hmm. the power. Mm-hmm. And so what, what the thing I think that is, and that to me is so central to this, to this new iteration of the movement where it seems like the conversation, and it's like not to say that people, people have been working diligently on these issues, not just like for the past six, eight, ten years, but like for decades. Yeah. Like organizations like Critical Resistance have been doing um, like abolitionist, like radical, um, and like anti-policing work for a long time. But the thing that feels so different to me about this conversation where we're not talking about training and like hiring more minority officers officers and stuff is that there's the fundamental question for me when it comes to the issue of the police is one of power, mm-hmm. right? They have, they are above the law. They mm-hmm. do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's no amount of cameras. There's no amount of laws right. That, right. that are going to like get rid of their power. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like, when, again, this is why this thing around the budgeting is so important. It's like, we have to take the money away from them and we need to be deciding because we can't depend on elected officials mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, we hope you do something for the community. It's like, no, the community needs to be able to, because people on the ground, they know what they need in their neighborhoods, mm-hmm. right? We know what we need in right, our community. Right. So let us figure that stuff out. Um, so that's about the power and then the size. And so... Yeah, I hear them old school papers. <clears throat> shut up, I'm old school. <laughs> so it's like... There should be immediate like hiring freezes. Um, I'm gonna try to get to this stuff in the examples, and I think this part is key. So like, cutting like these quote quote unquote like quality of life units, um, parking patrols. Oh my god, I have so much to say about that. Oh, so like parking enforcement. Oh, um, and so yeah, those are just some examples around. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not just about reallocating funds, but it's about the power, the size. And the scope. Mm-hmm. So I just basically I just really kind of want to bump my gums about some stuff that I've been seeing um, here in the queues. Yeah, here in Syracuse. So we looked at our. So I printed out the budget, and it's a massive document. It's like four hundred pages. And so one of the things that I love that they point out in this toolkit is that like we can't depend on experts to try to sift through sift through the stuff it's like mm-hmm. we have to like try to like go through the stuff and figure out figure this stuff out for ourselves so then we can like talk about it with like with other people in our communities mm-hmm. like we don't actually need like quote unquote policy wonks or experts mm-hmm. it's like this is like stuff that we can um go through and it's like this stuff is meant to be opaque because this stuff is not meant to be so like the document mm-hmm. is public but it's like, who has time yeah. usually to sift through right, this kind of thing? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I just want to talk about some things that I think are like really astounding that I've learned about just like going through um, our budget. So the budget of the whole city is, um, it's I think it's either 298 or $248 million. Um, but the our police department, it's not ours because I don't own it, the Syracuse Police Department, their budget is $49.5 million. So that's 21% of the whole city's entire budget. Now, I so I've talked about him before, but Howie Hawkins is a m- member of the Green Party. He's run for local office. Uh, he's actually running for uh, president right now with uh, Angela Walker, like another black uh, socialist. Um, but when Howie ran for mayor in 2016 of Syracuse, he had this statistic. I don't have the updated statistic, but out of the top 10 highest paid people in the city, the first person was the mayor. I think the second person was a police chief. No, the second person was like the fire department chief. 
And like, I think like the rest of the eight were police officers. So like, and there's been a big issue here wow. in Syracuse around police overtime. Like yeah. they just get all, all kind of overtime for not really yeah. doing it. Right, right. Right. So 21% of our budget goes to a police. And we've talked about this before, but one of the critical things that you need to understand about Syracuse is that it's the city with some of the highest, um, I hate this term concentration of um, poverty, but that's for another day. But it's got the highest concentration of black and uh, Latinx poverty yeah. like in the country. And like, yeah. we're a city that has like 140, 150,000 people, very yeah. small. Yeah. But we have the highest levels, some mm-hmm. of the highest levels of poverty in the country. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, mm-hmm. imagine what 10 million, 30, or imagine what a community that's, that is dealing with this kind of poverty could do with forty nine and a half yeah. million dollars. Yeah. And that that forty nine and a half million dollars doesn't account for the five million dollars that the city has had to pay out because of these really egregious pu- uh, police brutality cases mm-hmm. in Syracuse. So we've talked about this before, I think. There was a serial rapist yep. on the force. Mm-hmm. Um he still collects his pension. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. There is uh one of the one of the Syracuse police officers dragged um, a disabled person off the city bus. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kicked and beaten a man um, while he was um, down, and none of those officers experienced um, any kind of real discipline. Yeah, for that. Mm-hmm. And so that the forty nine and a half million doesn't account for that five million wow. in damages. And one of the things that they point out in the toolkit is that. It's very easy. Like I've I've heard people say this before. Where it's like, look at how the taxpayers have to pay for this, and it's like, it's really important. Like, the the something that they talk about there the, in the toolkit that I really agree with is that at the end of the day, um, people who have ex- who have survived or have not survived or experienced police brutality should be entitled to compensation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's really important to not shrink away. Um, to not to to make it to not make a demand around defunding in such a way where it's going to mean that families who've experienced you know, like the barbarism of the police are not going to get compensation. Mm. So I think that that's a really important part. Um, so that they still need to pay these damages. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's like take somebody's pension and pay the family exactly of these people who have experienced hopefully survived or not survived like police uh, violence. And it reminds me of that, um, the word that you did on that episode about reparations. Um, yeah, the John yeah, Budge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was around the torture. Yeah. Uh, that detective that was torturing uh, young black folks black in Chicago. Black folks, yeah. yeah. And it's like, of course, they still need to get those reparations. Exactly. Something, Some things that I have found um, in our budget is that um, so there, there's, so it also lays out the money that the, that the city gets from the state. So there's a line item in the city's budget that says it's youth projects. And you're like, oh, that's great. But then when you actually look at it, I mean, it's not, it's like $48,000, but when you look at it, it's like for that's the a salary, it, but it's for the dare program. It's for, they consider you- youth projects as, uh, police in schools. And then it was also um, a quote-unquote officer-friendly program. So it's so interesting that they they can basically, like there's that line item budget around youth projects that like 
everything that they list in that like short little bullet point has everything to do with policing. And the kids aren't actually getting any of that fun. Exactly. And so that is why um, in the, in the toolkit, when they say, Oh, like scope. So it's like youth engagement. Mm -hmm. The police don't need to be engaging with youth. Oh my gosh. This, this just reminds me, um, the high school I went to in Queens had a police athletic league where like cops would come play sports exactly. with us in gym. Exactly. Like, and it's like, no, we just like, they just fundamentally yeah, don't need to be doing yeah. that. And they're getting paid to do this, exactly. right? It's like, we at school. Exactly. And they're getting paid to do this. And another thing that I think is so key that I wanted to talk about is... Um, there is such a, I think people are very confused about what it is that police actually do. A lot of people, like one of the main questions that people always ask is, what about crime? And it's like, (laughs) this isn't Gotham City. It's not a comic book. Mm -hmm. Police, their main role, like what, well, I mean, we know what their main role in society is. It's like to perpetuate, you know, like white supremacy and to protect mm-hmm. private property. But even like the liberal or like conservative idea of like police in their relationship to crime is like they're not Batman. They're not superheroes. They don't they don't stop crime in, in the midst of it well, happening. Actually, they are Batman. Because all Batman does is beat the shit out of poor people. Boom. <laughs> Boom. For trying to survive. Exactly. Instead of giving any of his billions of dollars to them exactly. so that they don't got to live like that. So, like, the, the police are not, like, intervening yeah, into yeah. a... Um, and a, a ongoing, like... Yeah, this. it's like the, the police come after. Right. Like, some kind of, like, violence has already occurred. Yeah. And this is the main thing that they're saying. It's going to be chaos in the streets. <laughs> what are we going to do, right? And so I looked at our budget um, in, in our city... And 46% of the budget for, of the police, so 46% of that $49.5 million, almost half of their budget, l- listen to what it's going to, responding to calls for service, a very vague, you know, okay. uh, delineation, emergencies, and accident investigations. 46%. Listen, so that's like 20-something million dollars a year. Yeah. So... Um, and there's a lot of, it's, it's really interesting to me that the information that is not included here. So like, um, they don't, they don't tell you police response for service. They don't, they don't say what that is. And then they don't tell me any, how many responses they said that, that, that figure is pending for 2017 to 18, 2018 to 19. And they don't tell you what they're going to project in the future budget either. So you don't even know what those service calls are or how often they're responding to them. What is, what is a service call from a cop? Like, like my car broke down on the side of the road or It could something? be, um, shit, I had an article from the New York Times. Uh, so in the New York Times article, I'll post a link to it. It's, it's, a, it's a very vague delineation. And so calls for service can be defined as calls to like emergency operators, 911, alarms, um, police radio, and non-emergency calls. Um, they mostly begin from calls... From citizens, but they also include um, incidents police officers initiate 
themselves. <laughs> right? So so when a cop calls for another cop. So it, it could be it could be that, like a, yeah. a cop intervenes, or again, mm-hmm. like your alarm is going on. Yeah, so yeah. it's like not it's like it's not necessarily anything related to like extreme mm-hmm. violence. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um and so the thing that's very interesting about this article and so, in the New York Times article, they talk about it in terms of like the time that an op that police officers do give to like certain um, tasks. Mm-hmm. And so, in like some major cities like um, New Orleans and Sacramento, thirty seven percent in New Orleans, thirty two percent in Sacramento were going were again responding to these non criminal calls. the The next big thing that police are responding to is traffic, property <laughs> crime. Um, that was so in New Orleans, fourteen percent, Sacramento, twelve percent, and medical emergencies, six percent, New Orleans, nine percent, Sacramento, violent crime, four percent, four percent, and then so again when I go back to the budget in Syracuse, let me let's listen to this. They, the moving violations, they responded to like almost twenty thousand of moving violations. That that's cars. That's car stuff. <laughs> Parking violations cited. One hundred and five thousand and three hundred and seventeen. I make up probably about five hundred. Same, same. Um, Nikita, that's how they make. They're making money. They're using parking exactly. as a money maker for to fund the police. And so again, forty six percent of the budget is going to responding to accidents, emergencies, and like this, like parking shit. Parking. Wow. Um, and now again, we say crime, crime. What about crime? Now, this, again, just to make the distinction, the New York Times article was about how they spend their time. I'm just going off of what is allocated the city budget. In, in their budget. Yeah. So, only 9% of the police, of the, of the Syracuse Police Department's budget, only 9% of that is going to criminal investigations. But it's like, you say, oh, crime, crime, crime. <laughs> right? But you're only, you're only designating um, a tenth of the budget to that. Wow. So there's 84 cold cases. I mean, that's like murder, right? Homicides. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's, of course, that's tragic for all of those 84 families that have mm-hmm. to deal with that. But that's 84. Right? Um they recovered 113 guns, so not like thousands of guns. And it's like there, there's in a, a whole year in in the in a year, and and then their projected <laughs> amount for the next two years were 50. <laughs> so what a week! And then when you think about felony arrests, um, a lot of that, like you you know again that's where you think, oh my god, that's the really dangerous shit. There were um it's like property. Six, or, or like even things that are like very like dangerous. Let's because a felony could be it could be including property. Doesn't yeah. necessarily say about violent crime. Six hundred and one, six hundred and one um, arrests where there were charges, and and we're in a city of one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. But listen to this misdemeanor arrest charges: two thousand one hundred and three wow. violation arrests: two thousand seven hundred and fifty four arrests. Around violations. And yeah. it's like, again, this this is, and so again, to that point about the scope, it's like, you know, just some of this shit, this is like misdemeanors. And that's what mm-hmm. the, the point about mm-hmm. quality of life is like, this is the shit you just don't need to, people don't need to be arrested yeah. and charged for, I can imagine, like, I mean, just think about shit I see in the city, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, mm-hmm. people like hanging around, yeah. right? Maybe there's like some, 
some small dealing, mm-hmm. you know, somebody buying some weed yeah, yeah. or something, somebody trespassing, somebody vandalizing. It's like, this is not the stuff that should be met with police yeah. response. So yeah. even in their 9% of criminal investigations, it's like, on the crime reduction and all of that, because that's all considered the 9%, such a small amount of the budget is actually going towards, oh no, the crime, the crime. And so it's like, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, if if a bakery put, like, 9% of its budget to making cakes, that shit would be closed in a year. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. It would be a wrap. And so, and that is, so that is one picture. The other thing that I wanted to mention is, so there's a, there's a program, and this is in the budget. This is, this is in the budget. Oh, gosh. There's a program called Syracuse Opportunity Works. It's supposed to be a youth Pro, it's, a, it's a youth job program yeah, in the city. Yeah. How I, I want you to guess how much you think that the how much that program gets. I would I would like to say out of a forty nine million dollar budget. No, that's the police budget. That's the police budget. The, the city's the budget city is like two hundred forty eight. Okay, million. so out of two hundred forty eight million, I hope it at least gets a million dollars a year. No, the Syracuse mm-hmm. Opportunity Works program, which is a program for youth. Youth uh, yeah, yeah. summer employment. Yeah. $72,700. $72,700. And again, you have all these young... So there's like... Again, there's a problem with like, you know, um, intra-communal violence. But I'm like, right. you're not investing into anything right. that would actually... Right. right. Like get at the roots of yeah. why those things yeah. persist. I did summer youth growing up in New York City. It's like a similar program. Mm-hmm. It was called Summer Youth. And, yeah, you go through the program, you get a job for the summer, and they pay you. They're like, yeah. And and that, like, gives kids something to do over the summer. Exactly. And it also puts money in their pockets. Um, there's another figure in here that, because there's, diff- there's all, one of the things that was so surprising to me when I first moved, moved to Syracuse is that there's a lot of community centers, right? Yeah. And so one of the... 78... $72,700. Do they even have, like, staff? Do they staff Syracuse Community Works? It doesn't, it doesn't, it seems like that, it seems like, may, when I looked at the budget, if I recall correctly, I think maybe half of that went to somebody's salary. So, so how many kids are actually getting summer jobs off this program? It can't be, it, they know? don't lay that out in right, the budget, right. but it's, it, it that's that's not like it 50? can't be that much, right? Hundred maybe exactly. And so then I went to go look at so I went to look at the parks and recreation and youth programs budget. Listen, listen to what the youth pro the um, recreation centers in the city are doing. Um, there there's eleven recreation centers in the city, and listen to how much total participation at centers seventy five thousand four hundred and eighty two folks are participating mm-hmm. in the centers. Mm-hmm. I've already said that. That that's literally half that's of the city. The, yeah, yeah. Um total meals served 46,304 meals. After school served how many people? Uh 36,964. And it's like look at these numbers. There's a teen program. 20,450 teens go to the Hamilton Street Teen what? Program. 20,000 That's teens? a lot. That's a lot. 
And so the recreation centers are getting like 20% of the parks and rec, but parks and rec budget. And I think that that parks, parks and rec budget was like $8 million. What? Yeah. And so a critical part, I guess I'll just wrap up by saying a critical part of the defunding is that it's not just about getting rid of those funds, but it's about like, what does it mean to actually invest in the mm-hmm. things that will sustain yeah. our communities? Um, like, if the community centers got that kind of money, yeah, like I mean, the look what they're already doing. They're already doing a lot. But seventy-five thousand people. Yeah, but seventy-five thousand participants in a city of one hundred and forty, hundred fifty thousand people. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, that I don't know why that's blowing me away. Because I mean, how how much do we go to the community centers here? It's like, yeah. And yeah, wow. But I I was floored when I saw that seventy two thousand seven hundred dollars for that youth program. That's you. You can't even afford to have two full time staff for the exactly. program with that money. So again, the, another key part about defunding is like, where do you want to? Where does where does that money? Where should it actually be invested? Like, how come that's yeah. not invested in like housing? Right, right. Or like one of the things because like again, we live in a city where. Um, and there's always this little canard that, oh, people don't care about violence. It's like, people, yes, because people actually do care about their communities and their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Every, like, people deeply care about that. And so there's different programs. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to spend um, too much time um, talking about it, but there's this one program I saw. I'll post a link to it in Minneapolis. There was a guy. He used to be in a gang. He spent time in prison. He came out and... He had this program where he was teaching, um, like, conflict resolution skills mm-hmm, with, like, young mm-hmm. folks who were involved in gangs because a lot of the issues were around this, the same things that, like, other young people experienced. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. you know, it just it escalated. So there was, like, fight over, like, girlfriends and boyfriends, yeah. beefs on social media. And, and so when he started this pro the year that he started this program in, like, a six-month period, there was like 25 like homicides. But in the year prior to that, when the program wasn't implemented, mm-hmm. it was like 50. Wow. And so it's like... In six months, and, he cut it in half? And so he cut... So in that yeah. same six-month period, because of that program they saw... And that was just in one part of the city. Yeah. And I think I read in that article that the Minneapolis... This was in Minneapolis. That city budget was like $2 billion, And they gave this guy, Farone Brown, just $100,000. Wow. And so imagine what he could do with millions right, right, right. or billions like right, in a budget. And so right. it's like one of the things that they lay out in the um in this toolkit also is that there's different programs in like New York City and Chicago and Philadelphia where there's different like community based mm-hmm. violence um mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. interruption programs and they mm-hmm. saw like and they mm-hmm. see like fifty percent, forty percent. 60% like decrease yeah. and like youth violence. Yeah. And so it's like, again, mm-hmm. and one of the things I think is really important, that I, like the point that I keep hammering is that you don't need, so one of the things that the police and like people in power are always trying to say is, oh, we need better community police relations. Mm-hmm. And it's like people in the community already have relationships. Yeah. You know, people in the community, like people already know, respect, yep. and trust these people. So uh-huh. like, why not? Fund and empower them, them yeah. to like do this work. It's like we don't. I don't need the police to have a better yeah. relationship. There's already people here who people respect, and so like one of the things that we learned in doing our research to get in the school resource officers, 
the police out of schools is that in this one document we read, they had this thing called like a community intervention worker. Mm -hmm. That's basically what this guy, Farone Brown, is. So it's like people in the community who already, because so much of this stuff is about relationships. I feel like that's one of the things I've Mm -hmm. learned about, like how do we get rid of, you know, this whole system of like policing. And it's like, we need like, we need to have better systems and relationships of care in yes. our communities. And it's like, that doesn't magically happen. That has to be like yes, skilled, resourced, and funded. So that's just some that's just some of the stuff I wanted to talk just about. Just that. Just that. Like, I, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like positioning themselves as like experts yeah, on yeah. Um, like policing, abolition, and defunding. And like, they're not. Yeah. And I think it's totally okay for us to not be. I think it's all okay. If that, I think it's... Wonderful that so many of us are interested, but it's just, it's been kind of getting on my nerves seeing mm-hmm. people who just like woke up and was like, I'm going to start writing and talking about this stuff. And yeah. it's like, no, this like this is why I, I try to highlight groups like, again, Critical Resistance, who's been doing this um, for um, 20 uh, something years. Yeah. And, you know, you think about Angela Davis, folks like Kenyon Farrell, mm-hmm. and again, Miriam Kaba, mm-hmm. Charlene Carruthers, Derricka Parnell, uh, Jason Perez. It's like these are people, Black Youth Project, like who have been doing this work mm-hmm. for a long time. So it's like I just feel like it's really important to like name them and to be like, hey, like we're all still in a process of learning. That's okay, but it's like you can't position yourself as some kind of like fucking yeah. expert. So that's why it's like yeah. I'm a, I'm a person who's like organizing around this stuff, but I'm like trying to mm-hmm. learn. It's like again, this is just the stuff that I've learned through doing our research for like organizing about what the fuck is going on in mm-hmm. the city. And it's mm-hmm. like I didn't even know this stuff. Yeah, you know so. Yep. I would encourage, um, again, I think that toolkit is great if you want to, like, do this, get a campaign started um, in your city if there's not one already. And I would really encourage people to, like, check out their city budgets because, as folks have said, I think it's like MLK and somebody here recently just um, quoted this. uh, One of the guys we work with, Yusuf, is like, a budget budget is a moral document. So it's, like, Mm. important to see what your city actually prioritizes. Right. From this budget, we can clearly see that Syracuse doesn't care about its kids. Doesn't care about young people at yeah, all. At right. all. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. So. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of thoughts in my brain right now um, that I can't specifically articulate. Just that. Like, everything you said about relationships, it reminded me of when we were at, like, South by Southwest with the um, the brigade, the baddie brigade. And um, we were in, like, that think tank meeting oh yeah and they were just like how do we get kids to code and it's like well you give the money to people who are already doing it like yeah. there's already people you remember and that it, dude he was like you just can't throw money at the problem like, i'm like you can you can you, nobody has ever thrown money at a exactly. problem to, to see if it <laughs> exactly. works exactly. so um yeah it's just, and and like that relationship thing is so important because um like when kids are saying like cops out of schools they're also saying the relationships they want in schools, right? Yeah, exactly. And everybody knows the one teacher that everybody goes to to, like, deal with stuff. Or there's that one teacher that you were like, I'm going to act an ass for all these other teachers, but it's like, and Miss So-and-so will be now, you know. Yep, yep. Because it's like, she actually, like, cared about you and had some kind of relationship. And there's, like, people in your community where you're like, 
you know, I'm gonna talk reckless to so and so, but you know, so and so who lived down the street, you know, I can't get, I can't get one over on her, right, right? And it's like she might cuss me out and be like, "What are you doing?" But it's, it's like that's also the person that probably like has fed me, yes. has clothed me, yes. and has like checked on me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so it's yep. like these are the kinds of relationships mm-hmm. that have to be like fostered mm-hmm. and like supported and sustained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hashtag acab. Now, I know that all caps are bastards. <laughs> all caps are bastards indeed. Ooh. All right, Nikita, let's move it on along to our topic segment. And what is the topic segment, money? The topic segment is a gay potpourri segment. Uh, or what money used to say is where we talk about everything that doesn't fit into the other segments. Pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that you said queer potpourri when mm-hmm. we... Uh, did the episode swap with the, with the auntie? aunties? Yeah. So I was gonna call the topic the queer potpourri segment. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Nikita literally wrote homosexual things in the topic segment. So is there something you would like to discuss? No, I just figured we're gay and we had things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um. So but you had a better idea. I did. I wanted to talk about like the small joys that we've uncovered or rediscovered through uh, physical distancing. Bitch, you already know what the first one is. You know what the first one is. It's smoothies. Smoothies! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. I never, never, just one time, me and my mama, I'll never forget, we made smoothies maybe like 20 years ago. And we were both like, it's nasty. I don't know what we did. We didn't do it right. I've never had a smoothie since. What? No, I don't, I'm not a smoothie person. I'm not a smoothie person. I was on the phone with you one night because you know she Pavlovianly uh, trains me to have cravings. I'm for not even a behaviorist when I'm on the phone with her. I'm not. Even but a one night you were like, I'm gonna make a smoothie, and then so uh, Sequoia, our uh, homie, like she lived with me <clears throat> last year, and she left this dried fruit. I mean, this uh, frozen fruit in the fridge, mm-hmm. in the freezer, and I was like, I got oat milk. I got a magic bullet and I got frozen fruit. Let me let me just make it do what it do. Oh my god! And did it do what it had to do? <laughs> I'm not bullshitting. I know y'all probably think I'm just playing it up. I live by myself, but Shoot. every time I make a smoothie, I take a sip and I say, "Oh, that slaps!" Out loud, <laughs> every time without fail. Oh my god! I love smoothies. I love them. I'm so glad. I love them. Are you it's, okay? No, it's just it's a treat. <laughs> And it's like, I could be feeling so down, so depressed. Yeah. And it'd be the middle of the night. I'm like, bitch, go make yourself a smoothie. <laughs> oh, my God. What's been your favorite smoothie? Do you have? I, I, so, man, the you really have to pay attention to the ingredients. Yeah. So, I got this mix of, it's like strawberry, mango, pineapple, Oh, you making gourmet smoothies? Because I get the mix, I, and I bought Ooh, a huge, I bought a huge bag of frozen <laughs> fruit. Because at first I was getting the little pouches, I was like, "No, bitch, go big or go home." <laughs> I got this big bag. So yeah, strawberries, mango, pineapple, and then Sequoia left blueberries. I was like, "Well, shit, let me just throw the blueberries in." <laughs> turn it, turn it all around. Mm-hmm. Now, change the whole game. Change the whole game. Now I made the mistake because I was out of milk. I bought unsweet oat milk because I used. I use you know, like milk for other things. The slappage was not; it didn't slap as hard as it should have. So I'm like, I gotta get the sweet, sweet milk, the vanilla oat milk. It was more like a pop, not a slap. 
like a light love tap. Yeah. More, you know, it didn't, it didn't flat. Right. But, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm just, I am a smoothie queen. Smoothie queen. <laughs> that is so funny because there's a... Uh... Like a restaurant, smoothie I guess. king. A smoothie king. Yeah. You're smoothie. I, w- I was look. I was. I just. I shouldn't even admit this. I was up one night looking at the history of smoothies. I'm like, who invented this? <laughs> who Nikita, thought you, of this? You did what? I, I've shared too much. You're such a nerd. I've shared too. One much. time I was on the phone with Nikita, y'all. This was like last week, sometimes, and she was trying to make a smoothie, and her like magic. Oh boot. my god! I thought it broke. The bullet wasn't working. She was like, I can't live like this, Anthony. I have to go get me a blender right now. I was about to storm out of my apartment and buy a blender. Stat. That's how dedicated to the smoothie I am. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. Thankfully, the blender wasn't broken. I just didn't have it seated all the way. But I was like, uh-uh. I was, I was about to jump out of my window. I live on a second floor. Jump out of my window. Book it into my... I probably would have ran to the grocery store. I was like, I needed that blender that bad. So... I think you enjoy smoothies. I don't know if you enjoy them <laughs> I, as much as I, I don't. Do. But it's also because I've had smoothies my whole life. Like my mama used to make smoothies. No. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember this time. I think it was like fourth grade where my mom was like showing us how to make these banana smoothies, and it was like a me and my sisters were all like there just making smoothies. So like I grew up with smoothies. Well, mom, I love my mama to pieces, but I don't know what she ruined it. <laughs> She just, we didn't, we didn't, I think neither one of us knew what we were doing. I would yeah. never forget. I was real young. We both looked at each other. We were like, this not good. This not good. So I didn't have, I didn't have the smoothie privilege growing up. I don't have any as enthusiastic as yours. It don't matter. It's just something that, you small joy. Maybe, maybe I should have contained mine. No, I'm really. Um, I like smoothies. No, I, I'm, I love when you get so animated about stuff. Um, so I think the obvious one, if you haven't been listening to the last like skating. three episodes, yep. roller skating. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I've unlocked a new way of existing. Wow. Like, this is. Neither one of us can do small. I see. <laughs> Unlock a new. It's existential, bitch. Existential. Yes. I think, uh, Victor Frankel himself. Created roller skating. Is that who said so you're a nerd? <laughs> you're a nerd. But it's just okay. Like all jokes aside, though, like I, I realized that like all the things I would do to like feel good or be happy were like, um, like I don't know, like interactive or like outside of myself. Like mm. I needed something outside yeah. of me. Yeah. Um. Because you're an intro- extrovert. That's yeah. Why. Yeah. And and so with the shutdown, I I really struggled. Like, yeah. I, it's been yeah. rough. And so I needed something that I could just turn to myself and feel good. Yeah. And, I mean, y'all, I've never been on skates before in my life. Like, these eight wheels and me are brand new. And, um... I just feel I just feel so free when I get a good glide in and yeah. like the wind hits me. Yes. Like I'm just like nothing can contain my joy. Yeah, absolutely. And that absolutely. feels like another level yeah. of existing. Yeah. It's like I don't know, just free. Just absolutely. Free. Absolutely. Yeah, free black girl. And I also skates do something to people. Like, like I, I hate going out. So Montanique, um, 
this is gonna be my second joy, but I'll talk about it in a minute. But like we do these walks at the, at these at some parks. Yeah, two parks near yeah. us. I hate going out with Montanique when she on these skates because it just everybody and their mama it's, it's wanna like, stop and talk. Uh, yeah, they just wanna like, oh my god, yeah, those skates. They they can't hold it in. Yeah, they I really can't. Yeah, it's really the whites. It's mostly the whites. They just lose their minds lose when they see shit. you on skates. Lose their shit. And I've I've actually tested this hypothesis because. There was this old lady walking her dog, old white woman, um, and she's like grabbing her dog closer to her before put the skates on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, bitch, don't nobody want your Labrador. Calm it down. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Woof, woof. <laughs> Relaxed. But then I put the skates on and I roll past her, you know. Oh, she's safe. She's a skating negress. Exactly. A skating negress wouldn't she's, steal my pup. She's just like, oh my gosh, you reminding me of 1970. You know, me and Bill used to roller skate. Okay. Okay. I'm the same black girl that yeah. you just you just shuffled your dog she's away like, no, from. No, now you're a negress on wheels. She's on wheels. You're less threatening. But it does something. It just does something yeah, to people. they really get out of control. And I love... Because I'm like... I'm tall anyway. I'm probably like 6'2". Yeah. On my easily, skates. Easily. Easily. And um, I just see little kids' faces when they like Oh my see God. They love just, seeing you. Yeah. I love it. I like the kids. It's, the kids are adorable. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. The My first week out on my skates, it was rough. Very <laughs> I was on the ground more than I was standing. But these two little boys, two little black boys, they were so adorable. They were learning how to ride their bikes at the same time. And every time I fell, the littlest one went, you can do it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he, had, he couldn't be no older than, like, six. And it was just so, that I don't know. so sweet. Like, so healing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I love it. I, I love roller skating. And I can't wait till I actually get like good enough to be confident on my skates because I would have loved to host uh, a worldwide rollout oh, here in yeah. Syracuse. That would have been sweet. Yeah. I know y'all probably sick of me talking about roller skating, but it's just changed my life. Existentially. <laughs> and um, so there's this Saturday, there's going to be a worldwide rollout um, skate against hate. Like mm, I've been talking about this the yeah. last few episodes. And so um, in cities all across the country, just check the hashtag worldwide rollout to see if there's a city near you. Um, you don't have to be a skater, but skaters, um, skateboarders, wheelchairs, bikes, like whatever wheels you have, yeah. just take them out. Um, and there's so many cities that are participating. Um, and I would have just loved to host one here in Syracuse, but I could barely, uh, stand. That's not true. Days. You've been, you've been, you've been doing it for about a month and a half and you're getting it. I see your improvement. I'm getting better. Yeah. 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 But I'm definitely not good enough to host a like rollout. Why not? I can't, I can't even stop still. Like you, you stop. I mean, it might take you <laughs> 10 feet, but you'll stop. you'll stop. My main ways of stopping are falling and, uh, needing about like, yeah, like a 10-yard. Yeah. Or, or I've seen you uh, grip real tight on a uh, stop sign or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a stop sign there exactly. for? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any more? I have two more. The, so the walks? I didn't know the walks were like... I, I, love, I, I love our walks outside. Because like it's just walks. like... 
it's just especially now that it's warm it's just so easy to like waste away in your apartment yeah. that like just being very deliberate about getting us outside is really important yeah and like we were both out you were skating the other day mm-hmm. you had your head up you were like like the breeze was going mm-hmm. and we cut each other off because i was about at the same time we were like it feels so good to be outside, be outside. Yeah. yeah so that mm-hmm. feels really good and just kind of like I guess so that would be two and then two A. A corollary? Yeah. Oh, okay, Miriam. Um, I, my friend, I was talking to my friend, Stella. Shout out to Stella. Hey, Stella. Um, and so she was like, you got to get plants. And mm. it, my track record with plants, I've, I mean, I killed them quick. Nikita has a plant graveyard. You hear me? Yeah, she bad. is the plant assassin. Yeah, plant killer. She could walk past a plant. And, and it would just, <laughs> it would shrivel up and die on sight. It's, it's bad. It's bad. I bought these four little succulents and I'm so excited about them. I'm so excited to try to keep them alive. Aww. I've had them for, I think, a week and a half now. This is a record for you. Yeah, this one time my friend gave me a plant on a Friday. I kid you not. <laughs> I, I swear to God. Is that the spider plant? Yeah. It was... It shri- I left it in my car, it shriveled up and it died. It was done by Saturday. She left it in her it, car, y'all. I was like, it's the middle of the summer. Yeah, I, yeah, I would not do I would not recommend leaving. You know, it's kinda like a baby. You really can't leave it in a car. It's not it's not good. No living thing should be left in a hot, in a hot car. Yeah, and the more you know. Yeah. I know my plants have been popping. Your, yours have been popping. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's because I've been loving on them more. Yeah, they're alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll take a page out of your. Book. I started a potato plant from a potato. Again, unlocking other levels of existence. Wow. What? What? I wish I could say the same. See. Okay. Um. So, uh, joy. I so. I didn't know this, but there's more than 112 waterfalls around here. Oh, yeah. We've only been to one together. Together. I was about to say, you've only been to one. But waterfalls is another one of my joys. Oh, that's a good thing. Of course, like, they're all not, you know, big, dramatic waterfalls. They're still very gorgeous. Some of my favorite ones. They're breathtaking, actually. Yes. Like, uh, Buttermilk Falls is not, like, this big, huge waterfall. That's the one we went to? No, oh. we went to Chitnango. Chitnango, okay, which is like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's so mighty. I but love Chitnango TLC, Falls. TLC, they say you can don't chase them because you will die. You don't die. don't be chasing that. I have a video of us at Chitnango Falls, and you're in the background of the video, like this water ain't fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> It's really forceful. Um, I love it. But also, it's like, it's so forceful, but there's like trees growing. Yeah, it's really lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's like they're in right relation with one another. Like the water is mighty. Yeah. But the tree is, you know, like resolute. So I love it. Resolute. It just, what? You just get on my nerves. I just, I just feel like you just keep trying to show out. But this, the tree was resolute. Nikita. And I'm, I'm ontologically shifted by the skeets. And... Nikita, I'm just merely. <laughs> Don't you it's... be out here casting aspersions <laughs> on me. <laughs> um, yeah, so waterfalls is definitely. And I want to, like, 
find more of them. Yeah. Because I think I've been to like six around here, but I think those are like the well-known ones. Look, you got 106 to go. (laughs) 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 Gotta catch them all. Uh, My last thing real quick has just been woodworking. I feel like I finally had time to like make stuff. There's nothing more exciting than like having an idea, a plan, and then seeing it. And then be like, oh, look. You know, mm-hmm. I like make, I make, I made this yeah. thing. <laughs> so it's like, oh, and I did it with my own hands. Yep. So I've been like very excited about that. Montanique is moving, and so she's got this thing. She's got things I need to be cut. Um, oh God! And I'm just very excited about buying a sawzall, Nikita, also known as a reciprocating saw. Let I just want this on record on the podcast in our official archives. That I did not tell Nikita that she needed to buy a sawzall. It would help. I have, I've bought, I have three saws at this point. You have too many That's not, no such thing as too many saws. That's exactly like a, a person who doesn't woodwork would say. Those are just some things that are bringing us joy. Yeah, other than that, water. Oh, um, yeah. I have, yeah. Another uh, thing, infused water. That's, that's the, that's the. Cucumber mint is my fave. Ooh. So you you know I got that whole closet full, that whole closet that whole cabinet full of herbs and like well you gotta share leaves and berries and you gotta share shit. some with me because I'm all about the infused water girl I I put some um, red clover in my water the other day I don't even know where you would get that from <laughs> don't even know oh my gosh you've never been to um probably not because you don't take me to the outdoors you just keep me shoved away in these little parks locally share. you've never been to Bramble. No. It's a it's like an apothecary in Ithaca. Nope. Shout yes. out to Mad Vivacious. Um, but yeah, we should definitely go to Bramble. Well, first we have to <laughs> we have to order online. I keep forgetting. But we can't go in nowhere. We, we can't go. But we could order online right. and pick up. Alright. Anyway, if you're in the upstate area, please support Bramble. It is a necessary space. It's like the only Botanica apothecary in the area. Yeah. I can't think of another one. Alright, y'all. Usually we would close out the episode with Curved Chronicles. Curved, 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 curved. And Curved Chronicles is the segment where we talk about our dating woes and wins, or your dating woes and wins, or just... <sighs> Infused water. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Leave it in the topic segment. <laughs> anyway, like I was saying, Curve Chronicles is just where we talk all things like like dating, dating woes, wins, romance, sex. <laughs> which we have none of. Going none on of. Oh. Zilch, zip, nothing. None. Nine. So. <laughs> So, uh, we don't have Curve Chronicles this week. Not this week, yeah. Um, if you would like to give me some Curve Chronicles, you can find me on all things at Better Than Money. That's B-E-T-T-A-T-H-A-N, cha-ching. M-O-N-E-Y, wow. <laughs> and stay out my DMs if you want some platonic shit. That's real. <laughs> Actually, no, don't. I'm lonely. <laughs> you had something but i know you don't because we talk every day no i'm good exactly 
Nikita got secrets, but they won't be on the mic yet. Not yet, yeah. Just give them some time. Their things are percolating. I'll say that. <laughs> you nothing should be percolating in a pandemic. They can, there could be a socially distant percolate. How do you percolate socially distant? I'm not talking about sex. You just think you just think I'm sex. It's just parallel starved. Play. You are sex starved. Well, I am, but I think it's not all I have on the brain. Okay. Well, um, you all can submit your Curved Chronicles to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com, or you can just DM, DM them to us. Use the hashtag to tag us in some Curved Chronicles I shit. I prefer email um, for the Curved Actually, I was like, Allison, um, the homie who's part of the Boston Batty Brigade, <laughs> she uh, texted me this thing about like TikTok being the new way lesbians are meeting each other. Well, and I'm not going to be there. No, we, thanks. We agree that it's way too Gen Z for us. We can't do that. I'm too old to be on TikTok. Like, where the lesbians are? <laughs> I can barely... <laughs> I can barely post stuff on our Instagram stories. I can't rip rock, blick block, tip tock, rocking around the clock, rock the night away. I, I cannot do that. I remember one of my little 12-year-old clients tried to show me how to make a TikTok for like a 10-second TikTok. It's too much. It took us like 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm I like, can't. Why am I doing this? I'm not set up that way. No thanks. It took it took us half a session for you to get 10 seconds of content? Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Um, but people are good at them, and I love, you know, when people repost TikToks on Instagram so Same. my old ass can Thank see you. them. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah. So, shout out to the Gen Z lesbians meeting the loves of their life on TikTok. Yeah. But, in the meantime. We're just lonely here, sweating in the living room, and on Twitter. <laughs> so, is this a wrap, Nikita? Wow, what a sad Episode note 89. 89. Yeah. Wow. We almost at 90. Almost at 90. That much closer to 100. You know, when I started this, I like set the goal of doing 100 episodes. I think we're going to get there. Yeah. With your help. Use the hashtag. (laughs) Use the hashtag QueerWOC and hit us up on all things QueerWalkPod. Back to you. I don't know why you turned into a news anchor. Anyway. Anyway. This has been Money, the Booty Short Supremacist. And this has been... Oh, sorry. Because booty shorts are life. This has been Nikita, the bicycle bag. <laughs> Sorry. And you just listened to Queer Walk, the podcast.